Chapter 13, Part 2 of The Wonderful Adventures of Nils by Selma Lagerlof, translated by Velma Swanston Howard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gerald Moe, Tucker, Georgia. Little Carl's Island, The Sheep The boy sat for a moment and looked down into the sea. Suddenly he thought that it began to roar louder than ever. He looked up. Right in front of him, only a couple of meters away, stood a rugged and bare mountain wall. At its base the waves dashed into a foaming spray. The wild geese flew straight toward the cliff, and the boy did not see how they could avoid being dashed to pieces against it. Hardly had he wondered that Akka hadn't seen the danger in time when they were over by the mountain. Then he also noticed that in front of them was the half-round entrance to a grotto. Into this the geese steered, and the next moment they were safe. The first thing the wild geese thought of, before they gave themselves time to rejoice over their safety, was to see if all their comrades were also harbored. Yes, there were Akka, Ixi, Kolmi, Nelja, Visi, Nusi, all the six goslings, the goosey gander, Dunfin, and Thumbitot, but Coxy from Nuolia, the first left-hand goose, was missing, and no one knew anything about her fate. When the wild geese discovered that no one but Kaxi had been separated from the flock, they took the matter lightly. Kaxi was old and wise. She knew all their byways and their habits, and she, of course, would know how to find her way back to them. Then the wild geese began to look around in the cave. Enough daylight came in through the opening so that they could see the grotto was both deep and wide. They were delighted to think they had found such a fine night harbor when one of them caught sight of some shining green dots which glittered in a dark corner. Those are eyes, cried Akka. There are big animals in here. They rushed toward the opening, but Thumbitot called to them. There is nothing to run away from. It's only a few sheep who are lying alongside the grotto wall. When the wild geese had accustomed themselves to the dim daylight in the grotto, they saw the sheep very distinctly. The grown-up ones might be about as many as there were geese, but beside these there were a few little lambs. An old ram with long twisted horns appeared to be the most lordly one of the flock. The wild geese went up to him with much bowing and scraping. Well met in the wilderness, they greeted, but the big ram lay still and did not speak a word of welcome. Then the wild geese thought that the sheep were displeased because they had taken shelter in their grotto. Is it perhaps not permissible that we have come in here, said Akka? But we cannot help it, for we are wind-driven. We have wandered about in the storm all day, and it would be very good to be allowed to stop here to-night. After that a long time passed before any of the sheep answered with words, but, on the other hand, it could be heard distinctly that a pair of them heaved deep sighs. 
Akka knew, to be sure, that sheep are always shy and peculiar, but these seemed to have no idea of how they should conduct themselves. Finally, an old ewe, who had a long and pathetic face and a doleful voice, said, There isn't one among us that refuses to let you stay, but this is a house of mourning, and we cannot receive guests as we did in former days. You needn't worry about anything of that sort, said Akka. If you knew what we have endured this day, you would surely understand that we are satisfied if we only get a safe spot to sleep on. When Akka said this, the old ewe raised herself. I believe that it would be better for you to fly about in the worst storm than to stop here, but at least you shall not go from here before we have had the privilege of offering you the best hospitality which the house affords. She conducted them to a hollow in the ground which was filled with water. Beside it lay a pile of bait and husks and chaff, and she bade them make the most of these. We have had a severe snow winter this year on the island, said she. The peasants who own us came out to us with hay and oat and straw, so we shouldn't starve to death. And this trash is all there is left of the good cheer. The geese rushed to the food instantly. They thought that they had fared well, and were in their best humor. They must have observed, of course, that the sheep were anxious, but they knew how easily scared sheep generally are, and didn't believe there was any actual danger on foot. As soon as they had eaten, they intended to stand up to sleep as usual. But then the big ram got up and walked over to them. The geese thought that they had never seen a sheep with such big and coarse horns. In other respects, also, he was noticeable. He had a high rolling forehead, intelligent eyes, and a good bearing, as though he were a proud and courageous animal. I cannot assume the responsibility of letting you geese remain without telling you that it is unsafe here, said he. We cannot receive night guests just now. At last Akka began to comprehend that this was serious. We shall go away since you really wish it, said she, but won't you tell us first what it is that troubles you? We know nothing about it. We do not even know where we are. This is little Carl's island, said the ram. It lies outside of Gotland, and only sheep and seabirds live here. Perhaps you are wild sheep, said Akka. We're not far removed from it, replied the ram. We have nothing to do with human beings. It's an old agreement between us and some peasants on a farm in Gotland that they shall supply us with fodder in case we have snow winter, and as a recompense they are permitted to take away those of us who become superfluous. The island is small, so it cannot feed very many of us, but otherwise we take care of ourselves all the year round, and we do not live in houses with doors and locks, but we reside in grottoes like these. Do you stay out here in the winter as well? asked Akka, surprised. We do, answered the ram. We have good fodder up here on the mountain, 
all the year around. I think it sounds as if you might have it better than other sheep, said Akka. But what is the misfortune that has befallen you? It was bitter cold last winter. The sea froze, and then three foxes came over here on the ice, and here they have been ever since. Otherwise there are no dangerous animals here on the island. Oh, oh, do foxes dare to attack such as you? Oh, no, not during the day. Then I can protect myself and mine, said the ram, shaking his horns. But they sneak upon us at night when we sleep in the grottoes. We try to keep awake, but one must sleep some of the time, and then they come upon us. They have already killed every sheep in the other grottoes, and there were herds that were just as large as mine. It isn't pleasant to tell that we are so helpless, said the old ewe. We cannot help ourselves any better than if we were tame sheep. Do you think that they will come here tonight? asked Akka. There is nothing else in store for us, answered the old ewe. They were here last night and stole a lamb from us. They'll be sure to come again as long as there are any of us alive. This is what they have done in the other places. But if they are allowed to keep this up, you'll become entirely exterminated, said Akka. Oh, it won't be long before it is all over with the sheep on little Carl's Island, said the ewe. Akka stood there hesitatingly. It was not pleasant, by any means, to venture out in the storm again, and it wasn't good to remain in a house where such guests were expected. When she had pondered a while, she turned to Thumbietot. I wonder if you will help us as you have done so many times before, said she. Yes, that he would like to do, he replied. It is a pity for you not to get any sleep, said the wild goose, but I wonder if you are able to keep awake until the foxes come, and then to awaken us so we may fly away. The boy was so very glad of this, for anything was better than to go out in the storm again, so he promised to keep awake. He went down to the grotto opening, crawled in behind a stone that he might be shielded from the storm, and sat down to watch. When the boy had been sitting there a while, the storm seemed to abate. The sky grew clear, and the moonlight began to play on the waves. The boy stepped to the opening to look out. The grotto was rather high up on the mountain. A narrow path led to it. It was probably here that he must await the foxes. As yet he saw no foxes, but, on the other hand, there was something which, for the moment, terrified him much more. On the land strip below the mountain stood some giants, or other stone trolls, or perhaps they were actual human beings. At first he thought that he was dreaming, but now he was positive that he had not fallen asleep. He saw the big men so distinctly that it couldn't be an illusion. Some of them stood on the land strip, and others right on the mountain, just as if they intended to climb it. Some had big, thick heads, others had no heads at all. Some were one-armed, 
and some had humps both before and behind. He had never seen anything so extraordinary. The boy stood and worked himself into a state of panic because of those trolls, so that he almost forgot to keep his eye peeled for the foxes. But now he heard a claw scrape against a stone. He saw three foxes coming up the steep, and as soon as he knew that he had something real to deal with, he was calm again, and not the least bit scared. It struck him that it was a pity to awaken only the geese, and to leave the sheep to their fate. He thought he would like to arrange things some other way. He ran quickly to the other end of the grotto, shook the big ram's horns until he awoke, and at the same time swung himself upon his back. "'Get up, sheep, and we'll try to frighten the foxes a bit,' said the boy. He had tried to be as quiet as possible, but the foxes must have heard some noise, for when they came up to the mouth of the grotto they stopped and deliberated. "'It was certainly someone in there that moved,' said one. "'I wonder if they are awake.' "'Oh, go ahead, you,' said another. "'At all events they can't do anything to us.' When they came farther in, in the grotto, they stopped and sniffed. "'Who shall we take to-night?' whispered the one who went first. "'To-night we will take the big ram,' said the last. "'After that we'll have easy work with the rest.' The boy sat on the old ram's back and saw how they sneaked along. "'Now butt straight forward,' whispered the boy. The ram butted, and the first fox was thrust top over tail, back to the opening. "'Now but to the left,' said the boy, and turned the big ram's head in that direction. The ram measured a terrific assault that caught the second fox in the side. He rolled around several times before he got to his feet again and made his escape. The boy had wished that the third one, too, might have gotten a bump, but this one had already gone. "'Now I think that they've had enough for to-night,' said the boy. "'I think so, too,' said the big ram. "'Now lie down on my back and creep into the wool. You deserve to have it warm and comfortable after all the wind and storm that you have been out in.'" End of chapter 13, part 2, recording by Gerald Moe, Tucker, Georgia.